When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox. Uh, oh, my, my bad. Uh, the White Sox podcast. We're not doing a pregame show or postgame show. So I'm not saying pregame show or postgame show. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Guys, you change one little thing and, you know, <laughs> it just throws you off. I'm Sean Anderson, I hope. Sean, we got all these people saying, you know, oh, get this season <laughs> over with, end this season. It's so bad. I keep saying you are going to miss, you are going to miss baseball of any kind come winter. Sean, one day without a game and your life is screwed up right now. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're not wrong. And it just shows you that all of us are human, right? You know, on any given day, we can be 500. Um, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, you can follow, uh, or I did the follow stuff. Uh, Alongside me, as always, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. And Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, man, yeah. Uh, Sleepy Harold says, White Sox sad off day show. It's a sad one. I'm off kiltered. It's raining. Uh, the office is so damn hot. We can't even go in and occupy it. And, and we're getting called out by uh, fellow sister stations. Uh, so it's a, a lot to cover here on the CHGO White Sox podcast. How are you guys feeling without a day uh, of baseball today? Apparently, I am thrown off. It's great. I mean, it was great and hot earlier today, cooled off with a torrential downpour. Man, I was walking my dog at the same time, so mm -hmm. I was just worried about branches falling off the uh, trees and uh, sticking me in the stomach or something like that. So that was not the fun part, but it was kind of an exciting part of my day, walking him back from a torrential downpour. But otherwise, it's been great. You know, I don't have to worry about a White Sox disappointment today and just looking forward to this show in particular. It got, yeah. it got dark up here uh, uh, in the city of Chicago yeah. there for a while. I was I was writing up the uh, the mailbag that I uh, put up just a, a short while ago, and I was like, oh, I got to turn the lights on in here, even though it's the middle of the day. It got that dark with the thunderstorm. So the sun is shining once again, though, on Chicagoland, so all is well. 
and hey, uh, the CHGO softball game apparently isn't canceled. So at least it wasn't uh, too much rain. So a lot of good news uh, for for people who uh, might be partaking uh, in that. Herb, you doing it tonight? No, no, I'm hurt forever. All right, you got you have the the the, the pinch nerve and everything. Thing, yeah. And Vinny, I know the past two times you've tried to do anything with uh, your wife's team, whether it be kickball or softball, you've gotten hurt, so you're probably out. Just, I mean, just I'm, a, I'm an injury waiting to happen. And we can't guilt you with your wife. You, or your wife doesn't work for right, us. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can just tell you guys to, to buzz off. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and what's up, Joe, Connor? Uh, good to see you guys today. And as other Sean says, Sox can't lose today. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great day to be a White Sox fan. The 63 and 65 Chicago White Sox fan. Uh, White Sox, we'll talk about if they're uh, the most 500 team ever. Uh, we'll go through some mailbag questions that Vinny answered today and that we had in our discord and along with that we'll talk about uh some dylan cease and cy young numbers and see if he can sneak his way to becoming cy cease but let's start off with our sister station phnx uh, and how they responded to our headline that we just rattled off and be fair after a very disappointing 3-2 yes. loss where your ace had his best performance of the season so steven you can roll the phnx clip Honestly, Derek, and I was literally thinking about this yesterday. I wasn't necessarily planning on talking about this today, but I feel like we have to now that uh, now that CHGO is referred to the Diamondbacks as being lowly. I am quite confident that if the Chicago White Sox were in the NL West, they would have a worse record than the Diamondbacks. Jesse, they would have a worse record. There's, there's honestly not really a question in my mind. Jesse Friedman. There is not even a question in my mind, really, because so the White Sox are 63 and 65. But you have to keep in mind that the White Sox this season will play 38 games against the Royals and the Tigers, who are two of the probably two of the three worst teams in baseball. I think Oakland is is probably a little bit worse. I guess maybe the Nationals and the Pirates are there. Two of the five worst teams in baseball. And they are both uh, worse than the Colorado Rockies, probably by a significant margin. And then you look at the top of the AL Central Division, Derek. You've got the Cleveland Guardians, who have 67 wins, despite playing in a very easy division. And you've got the Minnesota Twins, who are three games over 500. Both of those teams are are probably the rough equivalent of the San Francisco Giants, if you put them in the NOS. So you're looking at at two divisions here that are on completely opposite sides of the spectrum. And the White Sox are still 63 and 65. The, their record is still only four games better than the Diamondbacks, despite all of that. So I don't know uh, where exactly CHGO is coming uh, coming from with this. Uh, I think it is complete nonsense. Honestly, I think the Diamondbacks are probably a better team. Not next year, not in the future, but like right now, today, I think the Diamondbacks are a better team. That's Jesse Friedman of the PHNX podcast. Along with him is Derek Montilla of the PHNX podcast. Uh, Herb, uh, I liked your first response. Uh, so what did you make of our PHNX brethren or brethren uh, yeah, calling brethren. us out like yeah, that? Brethren. Bre- brethren. Just brethren. There's brethren. Two not three. Bre- brethren. There you go. I felt that, you know, I never like when people take offense to somebody talking about their team as if it is a personal attack. Like, are the Arizona Diamondbacks not lowly? Like, where's the lie? Why are you taking offense to the White's, the White Sox podcast calling your team a lowly team? They are. They're, he just said, they're four games worse than the White Sox record-wise. And yes, he broke it down about how the different divisions are different. But two things, as Vinny likes to say, two things can be true. The White Sox could be lowly, 
and the Arizona Diamondbacks can be lonely, <laughs> lowly. So I don't understand. If you guys want the mid-off championship, you guys got it. D-backs mid-off champions, 2022. We'll get the Carry Rockies around. in here too. I mean, we, we, you know, it's not like DNVR is killing it with their baseball team. So we could just have a mid-off with the three baseball teams. Hey, the Cubs can be included too. The, they, we have all four mid middling baseball teams in well, the All City Network. The White Sox played the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I think in the middle of September, so we can Let's finish go. off the series and see if uh, who's the middest of all of us. <laughs> Vinny, any takes? That's a beat writer out there just saying, oh, yeah, the Diamondbacks can, you know, would beat the White Sox th- th- this year. You know, if they were playing, had a better record, if they're in the NOS, they'd be better than the White Sox. I mean, the Diamondbacks did just beat the White Sox three games in a row. So if you want to go with the old head to head, there that is. But uh, yeah, like like Herb said, that's the point I was going to make. Like, just you got two bad teams. OK, con- con- congrats. Like, they're all so bad, too. Uh, you know, I, obviously, uh, White Sox fans are probably angrier with the uh, results that they their team has put up versus the Diamondbacks who probably weren't expected to do much of anything, uh, you know, versus the White Sox who were expected to be so great and uh, they have uh, vastly underperformed. So certainly the White Sox are probably a more underperforming team than the Diamondbacks are. Uh, but that being said, I don't think anybody's uh, rushing to buy, uh, you know, or rushing to place those bets on Diamondbacks winning the NL West <laughs> next year or anything like that. So uh, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I really don't care you know, whatever they played, the D-backs won. <laughs> the White Sox are not great. The D-backs are not great. It's uh, it's not really something we need to split hairs over. No, uh, it's not something we need to split hairs over. But uh, you know, I'm petty, uh, so I'm going to split a couple hairs. And hey, um, also, you know what's lo- uh, lowly? My grammar. All right, uh, my, my grammar clearly struggles on a day to day basis. But Jesse. On today's podcast, you guys are dedicating, I think, the entire podcast to Corbin Carroll making his major league debut. You referred to it as the biggest moment in franchise history since 2017. All this is, all the reason we called that team lowly is because of expectations. We all, all three of us, expected the White Sox to be a 90-win team. And what they have done is just absolutely mitted those expectations they have been so underwhelming as a baseball team so uninspiring that their gm wouldn't even add at the deadline and here's the thing when the arizona diamondbacks come to town when you are in the middle of a division race unlike your team what you are expected to do against teams that are worse than you it was seven games better than you before you swept us you are expected to at least win two of three. And with the White Sox having Johnny Cueto and Dylan Cease on the mound on Friday and Sunday, they should have the expectations were that they were going to win two out of three against your ball club. This isn't the biggest day in White Sox history since 2017, right? That was the two playoff appearances that we've had since then. And what we were expecting was the third straight year of playoff you know, uh, appearances. We were expecting the second straight division. You guys are not even close to contending in that division. When was the last time the Arizona Diamondbacks won the division? It's probably got to be, you know, after or before 2011, because that's when the Dodgers started to get real good to the point where they made the rest of the NL West inevitable, pointless. You know, uh, again, I, I don't know if my grammar's right here. Is inevitable the right word? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. No, probably not. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't I don't get it. You know what? The White Sox also lowly. And I would love to get up here and defend this team more that they're 63 and 65. They should be at first place or in first place of the AL Central right now. And, and they're not. And it's it just it, it, like you, Herb. I think it's just 
it, it I have no I have no energy to defend this White Sox team because they give me no energy to defend them. And you know, you look at the Kansas City Royals, hey, you should beat the Kansas City Royals in three games, but you have a losing record against the Kansas City Royals. The teams that are worse are the team that is worse than the Colorado Rockies, as Jesse said. So I have no expectations for this White Sox team from you know August Monday or August twenty ninth to the end of the season here. So I, they're both lowly. We're right on that. Yeah, there's no question about it. And Sleepy Harold says what you said. The joke's on Jesse. The Sox can't beat Kansas City. So ha ha ha. Our 63 wins haven't come, most of them haven't come versus the Kansas City Royals because they've been beating the White Sox ass. Those three games coming up this year, this week is going to be real rough. Yeah. Hey, Jesse, is are, are your fans having sell the times uh, or sell the team signs uh, you're sh- showing up behind the dugout? Ours are. Ha, 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 ha. We're in a better state than you are. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Glad we a, just have this. What a great photo. I don't know who took that from the AP, but that's excellent. It is excellent. It's uh, USA Today, I think, uh, we, we, our services. But uh, the AP got another one like that. Herb, is your dog okay? I don't have that would my be, dog. That'd be my cat. My cat oh, that's your is, cat. is meowing quite a bit. What's your cat's name? Machka is the cat's name. Machka. What's up, yes. Machka? Uh, yeah, I, I, got the, I got the door closed. So, And I think my cat's asleep. So, uh, if, you want, if, sure. if I could just... Yeah, go ahead. See you, see you later. Yeah, uh, yeah totally. And, you know, he's got his headphones out so I can make this little joke of a uh, response. Uh, funny, when we flash sell the team signs, uh, Vinny, Vinny leaves, you know? <laughs> uh, I get it. Um, yeah, no, it's just... Fixed. Okay, very- uh, Vinny, I made a joke about the sell the team sign. We flashed the sell the team sign, and then you left. And I said, "Oh, Vinny, very, very uh, interesting timing there." Um, your, your cat, yeah, my be- bid is my bid is in. <laughs> your cat, your cat, your cat is uh, is is very excited about buying the team. Um, what you what you what you make of that? You weren't on the ballpark on on Saturday, but what was the ballpark like on Sunday? After you know they they were out in the outfield and made it behind home plate as well. Yeah, I mean, li- listen, the uh, the fans are restless. Everybody knows that. I mean, what what was the sound that you heard after each three of these games Ooh. finished up at, at, at Guaranteed Rate Field? It was it was loud, and it was as loud as it's been all year. I mean, certainly, um, it, it it's been there for most of the season. People have been disappointed for a while. Uh, you know what I mean? Those fire Tony chants were getting going as early as, uh, you know, late April or, or early May, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you've got, uh, obviously, the biggest visual representation there. But, you know, people have been mad all year. And and it, listen, uh, the, the first thing that I said when I saw that is, Wow, how much those people pay for those tickets to sit to uh, to to get in the ballpark with the with the sell the team banner. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's so everybody's so mad. But they, you have thirty-seven thousand people there on Friday night. So I mean, you know, we get we get caught in a um, we get caught in a hyper-focused uh, zone here, where we think that everybody that we hear from in our comments or on our Twitter feeds or just you know talking to uh, each other in forums like this is representative of the entire fan base. Uh, sometimes that's very much. I mean, not sometimes. That's all the time. Not true, right? I mean, there are a lot of people out there who don't have Twitter who still watch the White Sox every night. And there are a lot of people, um, you know, who uh, who who uh, enjoy, just enjoy baseball and they want to go to the field to just enjoy baseball and 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 they like having a nice day out and everything like that. Not everybody maybe is um, as full of so much frustration uh, as the folks that live it day to day, you know, like uh, we do and a lot of the people that we talk to do. So. Um, I really think that when you see something like that, it, it 
it is a very nice, uh, not it's not nice, but it's a very uh, accurate representation of how a lot of people feel. Um, but there were a lot of people in the ballpark each of the last three days, that's for sure. So when you, you know, when you've seen uh, teams and situations before that are really not good, I think back to some of those Pittsburgh Pirates teams from so many years back. Stadiums are empty. I mean, think of, you know, the Oakland days, obviously they've got their own issues with, with, uh, with their stadium, not being uh, a very fun one to go to, but at the same time, they're a last place team. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. And I can't imagine that they're putting anybody in the seats there at the Coliseum in Oakland. So obviously different situations in every big league city, but there are, there are a lot of teams that I've seen over my life of watching baseball that, uh, that did not have anything close to the crowds that were there each of the last three days on the South side. Right. It's interesting that you you bring up the crowds. Um, so on Friday, I was there, um, you know, I, maybe I was contributing to some of the booze, uh, you know, just for fun. You know, everyone starts. Booing. Oh, so how dare you? In. How dare it's, you? It's tough to join in uh, or hard not to join in. But on Friday, on August 26th, they had 33,000 people for Elvis night celebrating uh, like White Sox legend. Uh, Elvis is Andrew's birthday. Very nice of them to all show up, all 33,000 of them. Uh, and then 25,000 on the night of uh, the, the sell the team banner being flashed. And then on Sunday for Dylan Cease, uh, 29,000. Compare that to the uh, last weekend series with Detroit, 33,000, 29,000, 32,000. So there's a noticeable dip on that Saturday going from, you know, 29 to 25,000. And one thing I did see on, on the internet circulating around, it apparently, and it wasn't like this on Elvis night, but it might have been where the, the capacity was under 30K. But I think at the 100 level, the gates were turned. So you didn't need to check. There were no ushers making sure that you had a 100 level ticket, making basically the 100 level open for anybody to walk around, which to me signals, I don't know, uh, Herb, you've been around this team a little bit longer. Uh, what, what do you usually think of the 100 level being open like that? Well, yeah, they do that sometimes on purpose to you know have all the people in the lower bowl fill out the seats and uh, enjoy all of the ballpark, which is nice. They should do that all the time. And I understand the reason not because of those, the you boys uh, attacking Tom Gamboa back in the day, but yeah, uh, attendance is down, but I'm kind of with Vinny here. Like I enjoy going to the ballpark. I enjoy the atmosphere, whether the team's good, bad, or indifferent. I might be a, uh, a different fan. I get mad at the team specifically. And we do this on the show all the time. But when I go to the ballpark, I'm there to enjoy the atmosphere. I'm there to enjoy all the things that a ballpark brings to you, the food, the drink, the people, uh, the smells, the sounds, the sights, all that stuff. And so I never have a bad time at the ballpark. And so, yes, I get why the people say sell the team, and I've been on that train forever. And, you know, I think it's a uh, activity and fruitlessness. It's not going to happen. He's not going to sell the team ever, I don't believe. So why say it? But a protest is a protest. If they want to protest inside the ballpark and a silent protest where they're just uh, uh, stating their opinion to a massive amount of people in the crowd and massive amount of people who are watching on television to each their own. I uh, applaud them for doing it, but it's not my type of thing to do the protest inside the ballpark because I don't know if they, they get in trouble after that. You know, bringing in signs like that because you're not supposed to bring in extra things like that into the ballpark. So hopefully they just take their signs away or just kick them out of the game and make nothing else of the uh, atmosphere. But I don't blame fans if this last month they want to stay away. I don't blame fans if they want to go to games because, as Vinny said, the day it ends, we're going to be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we got to wait until February to watch some baseball. Yeah, it was shitty baseball, but it's baseball. Feed me that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 
I was really, you know, itching for baseball when the lockout happened. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the, the off season is definitely not the worst part of the season, but this season definitely, again, going back to the conversation about the, the, the diamondbacks expectations. I mean, this expectations and the expectations for this team and what they've actually been. I mean, we could see it in our comments and we see it basically every day for all the people that are tuning in, you know, like Steven, uh, like rusted, like our guy, Wayne, like Chirac, Bobby, it's really getting on him. I mean, the Jesus Shuttlesworth guy that we had to ban for five minutes is apparently punching walls. Like, I, I think that, you know, obviously there is different spectrums. Not everyone's on Twitter. Not everyone is pessimistic as, you know, other people. Not any, everyone's as reactive uh, as everyone else is. But, I mean, this is truly, I think, concerning. We talked about it yesterday, too. Um, if they hit a certain attendance or don't hit a certain attendance threshold, the tax goes up um, for people that they have to pay um, for the people that are coming into the ballpark. So I, I just do think that the signs are showing that the, the team will sell probably after 2023. Um, one interesting note I think that was brought up on Sox Machine is the fact that maybe the the, the MLB wouldn't want three teams selling at once right now, the nationals are selling and the um, angels just announced that they're exploring uh, a sale. So I just think that that might be something that slows down the white Sox sale, but I wouldn't be surprised if the team went up for sale um, after 2023. So it's going to be an interesting, at least point here. Um, what happens after this? Because, you know, we're now seeing more crowd and, and fan uh, angst. If they start winning, that's definitely going to go away. We're going to start seeing again, 30 plus thousand people in the ballpark. If they're first place at the end of September, White Sox fans want to support this team. And I don't think that this is truly representative of what this team feels, but I think this is what fans mean when they mean accountability. Uh, just because this, the expectations for this 2021 season were set, or 2022 season were set so high, um, and it's just been so lowly, um, you know, just to use a word from, from your dictionary <laughs> nice. there. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's been a tough watch. I, I don't know. And, and we see Tony, you're, you're describing him as how mad he was uh, after, you know, last night's game or yesterday's game. Uh, it, I think it's getting to people. Like, I think it's getting to the players and it's getting to Tony. They've been pressing since April. Um, you know, Tony's getting madder and madder. Um, and he says, you know, you know, why get angry or why get upset, you know, do something about it. And then they go lose two straight. So I, I don't know what he wants them to do. It's a, it's a great time to be a White Sox fan. Uh, Points Bet Sportsbook is counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, Points Bet's Power Hour unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sign up for Points Bet now using the code CHGO to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. And don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a chgo locker download the points bet app today and use that code chgo to take advantage of this limited time offer you'll want to get that free chgo membership because we got great articles that are written on all chgo like Vinny's mailbag that he answered your questions from the chgo discord so if you are a chgo member you get to read Vinny's piece you get to ask him questions in the discord and you get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker so this is a fantastic fantastic deal sign up with the best sports uh, sports book around in points bets don't just bet live a bet life with points bet if you or somebody who has a gambling problem wants help call 1-800 gambler for crisis counseling and referral services and after you have a great workout you know maybe maybe you're pumping iron today inside because of the rain uh, i'll have to tell you about owen 
stands for only what you need. Owen is a hundred percent plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. It is a snack. It is supposed to give you that boost of energy. If you go out and work like Nicholas, Nicholas Moriano does of the CHGO bears podcast, or maybe Justin Fields of the CHGO bears, the Chicago bears, uh, the quarterback of the Chicago bears. The reason he had a great preseason game is because he's pounding Owen on the sideline. Uh, he follows a plant-based diet, does it on the sidelines, you know, drinking that chocolate one after the first touchdown, drinking that vanilla one after the second touchdown, drinking that salted caramel after the third touchdown. It's keeping him boosted. It's free of artificial ingredients. It's allergen friendly. There's no gluten or dairy and it's easily digestible. So go take advantage of this fantastic offer. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. And with code CHGO20, you can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. All right, let's go to the, hey, there you go. We got Steven popping up. Finally got me. He ordered Owen. So there you go. What, 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 what'd you get, Steven? Herb, you like the chocolate one, right? I do. The dark chocolate one's delicious. I bought it at the store. But yeah, I initially tried the salted caramel one, and that one's right up my alley. It's perfect. There you go. I like the 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 the, the chilled salted caramel one. It's very nice. And Vinny, probably after pounding out uh, your your mailbag, uh, you know, questionnaire, you had to probably pound an Owen. So how is it like taking those questions from the fans? And uh, how are we going to survive the last one sixty two, which was I think was your first question. I first of all, I'm waiting till Owen comes out with a Mai Tai flavor before I start pounding them <laughs> regularly. But um, but yeah, no, it was listen, it was good. Obviously, the, the questions are uh, reflective of how people are feeling right now about this team. Uh, I, what I do think is interesting and kind of sad, considering there's a month left in the season. A lot of people focusing on the offseason. A lot of people wanting to know about the prospects and, and where guys uh, who are currently on the team are going to be positioned for the long term rather than just the remainder of this season. Obviously, a lot of injuries are happening right now to the White Sox, so a lot of topics on that as well. Um, you know, not a lot of good news to, to give to folks today when answering those questions, uh, but certainly it's going to be a very interesting offseason. The thing that's funny is the first question out of the out of the box, and I think this was one of the ones that was asked in the Discord today, was, you know, is there any reason to keep watching this team over the last month of the year? And Guys, I got to keep bringing it up just because it remains a mathematical fact. Of course there is. They could win the division. That's the reason. Uh, I don't know if either of, of any of us would say, yeah, that's there's a good chance of that happening the way they've been playing, uh, not just recently, but for the last five months. But stranger things have happened in baseball than uh, a team getting hot in a real bad division and edging out uh, a couple of other mediocre teams you know and that's nothing against the cleveland guardians who i think have been um you know for lack of a better term the class of the al central just because you watch them and you say oh they're playing all right right now they're playing good they're not just you know scooting along kind of like the twins and the white Sox have this year but um you know there there definitely is a uh, a reason to keep watching this team because they're not out of it yet uh once we get to the point where they're mathematically eliminated yeah then you're welcome to uh, or you can definitively say there's no reason i suppose if you just care about the winning and losing to tune in i'll bring it up again the, the first sentence i wrote when i uh, answered that question was well first of all i'm presuming some of you like baseball so there's a reason to watch over the last month but uh in terms of in terms of the results there uh there you go that's uh this is this is not a fun division perhaps but it is not but it is for some reason a competitive one at, uh, at the top yeah, I mean, like Rusted says, I mean, they're six games back. And like you said, I mean, anything could happen in baseball. So I'm not really 
surprised if the White Sox go on a late season run. Um, I think that it would just be frustrating, Herb, if that makes sense to you, um, just because like it's like, why hasn't this happened yet? Um, and, and I think that is probably the intriguing part. I said when we started this whole thing, baseball's a marathon. So I think I'd be going against my own thing that I said before this season and just changing it because I don't like the season's result. Um, but I don't know, like the fact that this team would have that like last great two miles, right? They're at 24.2 right now, getting to that 26.2 and they're going to run it, you know, two, eight miles, uh, eight minute miles back to back. Like, I feel like that's what they're going to need to do to get to the top of the AL Central, um, especially with the way that the Cleveland schedule faces out or lays out with having, you know, six straight games against Kansas City to close out the season. So I don't know how you're feeling, because I, I think it would be frustrating for the White Sox to actually have a great end to this marathon, um, even though, you know, we're all hoping for it. All right. Here's your Herbie Sunshine. I say games in April count as, as much as games September. That works in the inverse. So if the White Sox would have won a bunch of games in April, we would have been through the moon. It's like, all right, this is the team that we've been waiting to see. Awesome. Why can't that thing show up in September? I mean, it's very unlikely because we've seen 128 of them where they haven't. But hell, we expect this team to play a certain way. And why can't they play these last 34 games like we're supposed to, like we're supposed to see them play? So if they do play like that, and Cleveland stumbles, this team, which is only five games out. I know we're, it's been bad. They're only five games out, not six. So I could see them theoretically, not likely, getting into a playoff spot by beating the Guardians and eventually winning uh, the division. They have to win more games than the Guardians because I think uh, with only the four games left for the Guardians, they probably won't sweep those. And right now the Guardians have, I think, a three-game lead versus the White Sox in the season series. Yeah, and I don't want anybody in, that's, you know, watching and, and commenting to get the wrong idea. I don't think they're going to do this. <laughs> I don't. I am not predicting that they're going to do this. I'm not saying everybody should uh, stand, by their, uh, stand by their TVs and their streaming devices and uh, wait for the White Sox to go on this run because I don't think that's going to happen. I've watched the same five months of baseball that you have. That being said, just to answer the question, math is math. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with most of what everybody's saying. It's possible, but it's possible, but they haven't shown given us any reason to believe that that's what's going to happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, math is math until and so until math says they're done, they're not technically done. Right. And I mean, it's like the twins are falling off just at the same time as the White, the White Sox are. I mean, they're two and nine in their last 11. The twins haven't been much better and they're dealing with much more injuries or I think concerning injuries than the White Sox are. Um, the White Sox. White Sox have a lot of injuries. Yeah. But I mean, this two and nine stretch, would you blame it on injuries? I think I think recent. Well, you shouldn't even say recently because injuries has been a season long yeah. problem. I think what we're seeing uh, lately is that those problems are never going away. I mean, this this day that they talked about for months and months. Oh, wait till we're healthy. The day is coming when we're going to be healthy. That day's never going to come. Uh, and, and it's not it's not going to come at this point. There is going to be a point probably in the middle of next month when some of these guys do come back. Tim Anderson's going to come off the IL. We're probably going to see Aaron Bummer for the first time in a very long time. Michael Kopech's supposed to be back. And you would think that Luis Robert will get out of his day to day, you know, uh, purgatory here with that with that wrist for uh, at some point. But um, the injuries have piled up in a way that nobody can get any rhythm. And I, I think people have. I think people have undervalued the impact of the injuries. I mean, I think there have been just so many and just nonstop. That being said, 
certainly it's not all bad luck, right? I mean, there, there have been things that we have pointed to time and time and time again that are not bad luck, that are just, they're playing bad. And that, you know, again, two things can be true. They, can have, they could have been crushed by injuries and they could have not responded well to those injuries at the same time. Yeah, and I think right now uh, I was looking through the schedule and this is kind of the laying the groundwork uh, section. And I was talking to uh, our friend Herb, Alex Rude, um, Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, looking at the next 12 games and that was counting the three against Arizona. They have three games against Arizona, three games against Kansas City, three games against Minnesota and three games against Seattle. You look at the next nine games. It's just that the White Sox put themselves in a hole, right? Mm -hmm. If they end up you know, let's say they win three straight series. That'd be absolutely ridiculous. But let's say they go, you know, six and three, they end up going, uh, and here's the remaining opponents, uh, three games against Kansas city, nine games against Seattle, three games against uh, Seattle, nine games against Minnesota, sorry, uh, four against Oakland, two against Colorado, four against Cleveland, six against Detroit and two against San Diego, Um, San Diego. I messed that one up. Oh, well, oops. Um, (laughs) anyways, uh, you, you see though, the three losses here, um, against Arizona, you have the nine games up against Kansas city, Minnesota, and Seattle. Um, I I think it's an important, or they just got more important because if they ended up going eight and four um, against though in those 12 games, I think they'd be in a really great spot with this division. Bad thing is they've already wasted three of those losses here. You know, I think we've gotten to the point where we know it doesn't matter who they play. They just have to score runs. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they've played, how many times have we talked about, oh, they got a good stretch coming up where they can make up some ground. Their season long schedule has been easy, right? I mean, the whole entire season has been the quote unquote easy part of the schedule. And here they are two games under 500. They've they've had so many of these stretches where it's like, now's the time. Now's the time. Look at all the teams you're going to play. They're no good. You know, and they didn't do anything with it. So uh, again, they they uh, can't be expected to do something with it now until they prove us wrong. But they haven't proven otherwise to this point. You're not wrong. I think uh, Josh Nelson said it on the the Sox Machine podcast today. Uh, since June 13th, they've had the easiest schedule uh, in baseball. I think they're only 36 and 34, um, or I think they might be 34 and 36. The inverse on that. I mean, like it's it's it hasn't been you know a, a smooth ride here. The White Sox are two games above 500 against the easiest schedule. So you know what are you really expecting against these type of teams? You know, and especially Seattle, who's a playoff team. Not much, not much at all. I mean, as Vinny said, I was when I was making that remaining games chart, I was thinking about putting home and away. I was like, it doesn't matter. The White Sox don't play well at home. They don't play well on the road. They play average at both. And so it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It doesn't matter necessarily where they play. Grab dubs. No one cares at the end of the day when they look at the schedule and when they look at the record and they say you won 86 games, that's enough to win the AL Central. Get your ass in there. They don't care who you beat. If you beat the Royals all the time or the Tigers all the time, you're getting the you're a representative of your division, get in the playoffs and do something. Yeah. And I guess it's just, again, going back to the word uninspiring, not inspiring. Uh, they just lost three games against Arizona and, and are two and nine uh, against uh, Arizona. You want them to play with that fire. You want them to play with that passion. And that's something that the PNH, PH, PH and X guys uh, said about the Diamondbacks in this series is that they played with fire. Uh, going back to that Johnny Cueto statement, they haven't played with that much fire or the fire to win games uh, since that statement's been made. They, they lost the next game. Uh, after he said that. So it's not like uh, they, they've been showing up day to day with that fire. Um, Chicago, you show up with fire uh, because you've already got the best 
coverage for your favorite teams. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the YouTube description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. We love the Dallas Keuchel Gold Glove bobblehead that they have, uh, but they have some awesome uh, great uh, City Connect jerseys (laughs) as well um, and some bobbleheads. So definitely check those out if you are looking for some new bobbleheads, you're looking for some new uh, flip-flops, you're looking for new hoodies, uh, some signs, bobbleheads, check out FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, and use code uh, CHGO for 10% off all non presale items. Herb has had a coughing fit and hopefully is not dying. But Vinny, let's yet. all right, you're back. Um, let's look at uh, some 500 stuff because we keep mentioning, you know, the White Sox. You know, we're not really sure what to expect. 21 times this year, they have been at 500. Um, so we can kind of expect 500 from this team. And, and looking at the schedule, too, looking at the way that they've played Kansas City and looking how they've played against Brady Singer, I think you could count them down for a loss uh, against Brady Singer. So I think that they're probably going to end up losing tomorrow. So then you would have to win against Kansas City uh, on Wednesday and Thursday and then on Friday at Minnesota to get back up to 500 but looking at the most time spent at 500 because i feel like this is now a record the white Sox might be competing for the 2010 oakland a's went 81 and 81 they spent 33 games at 500 the 2011 toronto blue jays went 81 and 81 they spent 33 games at 500 the 2019 arizona diamondbacks they went 85 and 77 they had 30 games at 500 and all of those all of those came in their uh, before their 132nd game of the year, so they had the quickest uh, or most games at 500 in their first 132 games. So uh, 30 was the most to just give you that bar. The White Sox, I think, have played 128 games so far, so they're not there yet. If you could flash the screen again, Stephen, uh, last year the 2021 Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they finished 82 and 80. They had 25 games at 500, and your White Sox right now 22 games at 500. So my question to you guys. Will the White Sox be the most 500 team ever in baseball history? They need 11 more games at 500 to tie the 2010 and 2011 uh, Blue Jays and A's. I don't believe so. I think the White Sox will get to 500 a couple more times in the season and then uh, choose a side, either winning a lot of games or losing a lot of games. So they'll just be this mid in that category, too. It won't be the best 500 team of all time. Don't even get that record. Damn yeah, I mean, I think maybe like this has been the season, <laughs> right? Like this right. has been the season that it's just one step forward, one step back. I mean, just just floating right around 500. Uh, if they're going to play the, the last month like they did the first five. Um, yeah, maybe they could they could match that uh, game right there. But to be the most 500 team in baseball history, uh, you know, you probably got to go back through a lot more uh, seasons than just since 2010. I'm guessing they play. They've played a lot of baseball here. I'm guessing there's been a lot of 500 teams. That's true. Uh, well, there, there have been some like perfect uh, 500 teams. Uh, Sarah Slang during the uh, COVID lockout uh, actually put together the most 500 teams in MLB history. Um, so I found that article and there are some teams that went like 81 and 81 with a zero run differential. Uh, the one wow. thing that we've noticed with the White Sox, 
they've been negative the entire year with their run differential. So I don't really think we can expect them to do that. But the uh, 1983 Padres, they went 81 and 81 with a zero run differential. And the 1922 White Sox went 77 and 77 with a zero run differential. So are, are this White Sox team might not even be the most 500 team in White Sox history. That's true, but if they do it for 81 games, that's more important. They, I think they would edge out the, the, the 22 team, the old famous 22 team. 100 years to the day. Yeah, 100 years. <laughs> They're just celebrating that historic <laughs> team. Mm. I'm guaranteed there was something more historic going on in 1922. Uh, they beat Walter Johnson, so that probably had to be historic. How many times has that guy beaten? Like seven times in his career? Yeah, old seriously. Walter Johnson with the old, you know, wind-up fastball? Come on, that guy threw like 91. That was crazy. I don't think you're ever going to see another Walter Johnson in baseball. <laughs> It just doesn't Johnson. seem like a very common name. You might see a Walt Johnson, but not a Walter. You see Stone Garrett. I thought that was a great name. It's true. His name was flipped. <laughs> he had a yeah. last name for his first name and a first name for his last name. Garrett Stone. It sounds yeah. like a, a deodorant uh, actor. What? <laughs> I don't know. What does it sound like? <laughs> what is a deodorant actor? You know, a guy that would act in a deodorant commercial. Nothing more, nothing less. Wow, that's very specific. Garrett Stone. That seems like a deodorant guy. I don't know. Hi, Maybe I'm Garrett Stone. Like... I'm a direct. I'm a deodorant actor. I'm showing up for the role of deodorant guy. Guy with sweaty pits. That's me. <laughs> you're limiting your limiting yourself. I don't know if you can make a living living being only a deodorant actor. Hey, I mean that's only that's the only job you can secure. You know, I mean it's it's not Garrett Stone's fault. Um, Sarah Sling continued. Uh, there were the eight, uh, 84 Angels. They were 81 and 81 with a minus one uh, run differential. The 89 Expos were 81 and 81 with a plus two run differential. Uh, and the 84 twins were 81 and 81 with a minus run, uh, minus two, uh, run differential. So, you know, the White Sox, uh, again, fighting for history here. Um, <laughs> I don't think they, they make it, but you know, they have six games. The next six games are against division opponents. They'd have to go, they're two games back. So they'd have to go four and two against the twins and Royals. Do we think that they will do that at least Herb? to do get to what to 500? That's, what, that's the important Just by thing. an arbitrary after day. the after six games. So I mean, we're we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to map through the the season. I'm just trying to think like when can they get to 500? They go four and two over the next six games. It's another spot where you know that would be like the 22nd time this year, 23rd time this year. They're at 500. Are you going to shave your beard if they don't get there by that day? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. We don't need to do that. I've, I've shaved enough hair uh, in our office. And I still got the air conditioner. Shave and or frost tip my uh, hair. So yeah, I'll what do are you doing? Eventually. Whatever you guys want me to do, I don't care. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I, 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 I think the shaving my head is not a punishment. We put the name. I, I shave my head all the time. We put the name. Uh, we put the the call out there for someone to come and uh, bleach frost my tips. Yeah, frost herbs tips. Uh, and, and no one, yes, weirdly took us up on that. So if anyone wants to frost herbs tips. DM one of us on uh, uh, Twitter, probably uh, Herb or I. I don't think Vinny needs uh, needs that popping up in his in his DMs. Sounds dirty. Ooh, um, I hope we're, not. We're, um, we're not dirty. We're just you know, my hair. Let's go to Boy something style. Uh, let's go to something dirty now. Uh, Johnny Cueto. Uh, he just had a bad outing against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I like JJ Stakeovitz's question in your mailbag. Um, where would the White Sox be without Johnny Cueto? And we kind of had the question, um, you know, should the White Sox re-sign Johnny Cueto? So we can kind of have this discussion right here. Um, where would the White Sox be, though, Vinny, uh, if they did not have Johnny Cueto on their team? 
I have a feeling they'd be right around 500, Sean. No, listen, Johnny Cueto has been fantastic. This is not to take anything away from a guy who has been just phenomenal for them, really. I mean, every time he pitches, we sing his praises constantly. His ability to go deep in games, his ability to keep runs off the board. He has been the White Sox second best pitcher this year. Obviously, Dylan Cease is in Cy Young contention. He has been arguably their most consistent pitcher this year. Uh, he has been terrific, and obviously there's a lot of people who like what he does uh, with some of the comments that he's made off the field too, uh, You know, being, bringing perhaps a, an attitude that could be a little needed in this clubhouse. But guess what the White Sox record is in games where Johnny Cueto has pitched? Because the answer is 9-10. and 10. Oh, and and I read again, article. this is not Johnny Cueto's fault, right? This is the offense for the most part not being able to come through consistently enough to back up all these great outings that he's turned in. Uh, and so when you think about that, you think to yourself, do we lose? What are you he's thinking. Right? Oh, there oh he is. no, sorry. You oh, you literally like... said you think about, and then I was left to think for about five seconds. Sorry, you think about who he replaced <laughs> in this lot in this rotation. Dallas Keuchel, Gold Glover, and you, th- and you th- yes, many times. And you think uh, if Dallas Keuchel made all the starts that Johnny mm. Cueto did, would they have a much different record? Yes, nine and ten isn't that great. I mean, you say yes because you'd assume he'd give up more runs, right? Yes. But if the White Sox were only scoring two, what does it matter how many runs he gives up, right? So it, it's it's I'm 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 just trying to point out that you know the question is the question is would they st- would they could would they even be here where they're at without Johnny Cueto? And the answer is they've been basically the same team regardless of who's pitching all year. So no offense to Johnny Cueto, but. Maybe they would be. <laughs> I, I want to give offense to Dallas Keuchel, though. He was four and nine. He was four and nine with this team. So he had almost the same the amount of losses. The team was four and nine. Yeah, the team is four and nine when, in Dallas Keuchel starts. And so he almost had the he same made amount of losses. 13 starts this year? He made 13 starts this year. Isn't that crazy? Seems like a lot. Yeah. Oh, and I want to maybe I get to. Get to Brandon Truth's oh, no. comment. He says the Brewpin owns Johnny a, a horse. And that <laughs> is correct. Like when you say they would be kind of the same. Like if Dallas Keuchel pitched, he'll be leaving the fourth inning. The bullpen would be taxed so many more times, Very true. and Very and true. we have Johnny Cueto to thank for just letting the bullpen have a day. And Michael Kopech has Johnny Kopech to thank for when he went out early in the year. Johnny Kopech right. picked up five of those innings. So yeah, Johnny Cueto, while the record's not great with the team, the team's record's not great. I think he has done wonders for the teams as far as the psyche, as far as actually pitching well, and then saving uh, those bullet arms back there. Those I'll, point, I'll point a thumb uh, on me here, though. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, 13 starts this year, only eight with the White Sox. They're two and five with him. So still much worse than nine and 10. I mean, but I think that speaks to to Johnny Cueto though, Herb, because we've talked about what we wanted from a fifth starter. We didn't try to set expectations too high for Johnny Cueto. It was stay healthy, which he's done. And you've chronicled Vinny, you know, I mean, he's getting Reynaldo Lopez running. He's talking about running all this stuff, getting that fire going. He's got this fire. He's showing up every single damn day. And he is giving the White Sox basically every single time, six innings and three earned runs or less. You see with Arizona on Friday, hey, that doesn't happen. But I think he's had two starts like that this entire year. Outside of that, he's been great. Dallas, uh, Dylan Cease yesterday was the first pitcher, not named Johnny Cueto, to go into the eighth inning. I mean, the White Sox, I don't think would even be at this good of a spot. I think they'd be two games uh, two games below 500. Uh, they'd be much, 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 much worse. I mean, they'd probably be in Diamondbacks territory, the lowly Diamondbacks territory, um, <laughs> if, if they didn't have Johnny Much, Cueto much, much team. worse, but about four games, give or take, yeah. And they'd be lowly. 
to speak to your point, Sean, I think sometimes you need somebody to speak to you in your own language. A veteran like Johnny Cueto, who Ronaldo Lopez looks up to, goes to his house in the offseason. And, you know, no offense against Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito and all the rest of the guys in the bull, in the uh, starting rotation. Johnny Cueto, Ronaldo Lopez probably looks up to and can, like, explain things in their native language where it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Oh, I need to run. That's how you got the longevity. Cool. Let me get on the, the train with you, brother. Those type of veteran moves are needed for a team. No, the White Sox are not great. But this could be a springboard for Ronaldo Lopez being a – dominant reliever in the future or if they want to try him as a starter in the future maybe this is a springboard for him because now it's clicked in we've seen his pitching this year it's been phenomenal and a little bit of last year was kind of good too but just that little extra oomph from a veteran leader like johnny cueto might be, do the difference from him just being a mediocre middling reliever to a guy that's going to be an elite starter or elite reliever and Johnny Cueto uh, has 15 starts of six innings or uh, six innings or more and three earned runs or less. Uh, that's top 20 uh, in MLB, but I think he's tied with a couple of people. So he's probably top 10 uh, once you actually combine all the guys that are tied at 15 and stuff. So he's been fantastic. Vinny, though, um, you've been around right now, though. He's been fantastic this year. And her brings up the idea of him being a starter. Um, has that been kicked around just because obviously he's been thriving in this bullpen role? I don't know if there's a need to move him from that role, but he's been a starter before. He's got the LASIK surgery. Um, is there potential for Raylo as a starter again, or do you think that he is now a bullpen arm? I think he's a bullpen arm just because even if the White Sox haven't answered that question, they've answered it with the way they've used him, right? They haven't. They maybe haven't answered it in theory, but they've answered it in practice. Um, there have been plenty of times this year when uh, a starting pitcher has had to come out of a game. Uh, early. We've seen it a couple times with Michael Kopech. Herb, you brought up the game against Texas where Johnny Cueto had to step in. We saw it just recently in Kansas City where uh, Kopech had to come out early. We've seen, uh, you know, times when innings have been needed to be eaten. We've seen times when a spot starter has been needed and they've called on Davis Martin. Uh, that's because Reynaldo Lopez has pitched himself into a high leverage relief role with this team. He's pitched himself into being a guy that is at the back end of that bullpen with the Gravemans and the Hendrixes and uh, and the Kellys. You know, I mean, this is a guy, uh, obviously, who has that starter's background. Sometimes starters turn into relief pitchers. Sometimes they turn into really good ones. And this year, Reynaldo Lopez has been a really good one. I don't really think uh, that you're going to see any changes just based on the fact that uh, they've finally really found what works for them. Well, hey, maybe if he's running, you know, he's he's got all this energy built up. He's got the stamina built up. Maybe he, he takes that next edge. But I, I agree with you. I mean, why, why change what's been working? Um, we know how, you know, uh, specific pitchers need to be um, and how routine oriented they are. So I think the fact that you would then be changing his routine again, I think that you would just be thinking that those results would change over. But look at Michael Kopech this year and, and what that's been like going from a bullpen to a starter. And obviously, Reynaldo Lopez has done this before. He's made many, many, many starts in a White Sox uniform, many starts uh, in the minor leagues. But I, I do think that the stuff would be effective. He's probably not hitting 100 like he is coming out of the bullpen. Those guys are giving everything that they can where most guys are just saving themselves up throughout their 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 start. And that's why you see Carlos Rodon and Justin Verlander ending up emptying the tank and kicking up their velocity in like the seventh or eighth inning because they know their start's about to be ending. Um, I, I think it would be a little foolish to do so. I, I think I would rather see them re-sign Johnny Cueto. And I think that he's an interesting case just because he is so old, but we hear about the stories 
um, of him taking care of his body and and the way that he has performed it's been really interesting to see and the results haven't been all right well the results have been good but the the predictive stuff like his FIP his how hard he's been hitting uh his Sierra his XFIP um kind of lead that maybe the Johnny Cueto stuff won't last so would you extend Johnny Cueto Yes. I just think he has so many intangibles that you don't see. You don't see like the the work off the field that I said translates to the other people in the clubhouse. You don't see all the the talking points he has. You know, these people see him as a leader. Andrew Vaughn, as Vanny reported, said that what got you guys playing better versus I think it was the Kansas City Royals. Detroit. Okay. It was Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto brought us this fire. Those things you can't like put a finger on and can't put a number on. And what he's done for this team, and even though this team is disappointing, is brought some fire, some energy, some professionalism, and great pitching too. Understanding that you don't need 98 to win. You don't need a devastatingly great slider to win. He has good stuff, not great stuff, but he just knows how to place it for weak contact. And that's a good thing for Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito to learn because Lucas 100% needs to learn that, how to work with lesser stuff and get people out still. He should be spending the summers or the uh, winter in uh, the Dominican or wherever Johnny lives and get some lessons from him, do some horse riding, do some running, and learn how to do that cutter, that two-seamer too. Lucas is really tall to ride a horse. I'm not <laughs> sure if that his works. His feet would be on the ground. Uh, yeah, the horse rides just... him, you know. I, I mean, he's what? Isn't he like six? He's like six, seven or something, isn't he? I don't know if yeah. you're allowed to. Isn't like you know how they got at a theme park? They got the roller coaster. You must be this hot, tall to ride the roller coaster. They might have. A, you might be have to be this short to ride a horse kind of situation. I'm not sure Lucas could pull that off. Now I want to see if there's like photos of Andre because I, you know, he's a Frenchman. So maybe Andre the Giant's out there riding a horse. That would give us a true, uh, a true test. You know, if a, if a seven footer uh, can can ride a horse, then maybe I, I'm just trying to think of people who might be riding their horse in their celebrity life. Sure, Andre the Giant's got a, a weight issue too that you might need to uh, worry about if you're a horse. Those small ankles on the horse. I don't know. He wasn't always that big, you know. I, 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 there's a, oh, there's a photo of him next to a horse. Um, and he clearly is not shockingly bigger than the horse. Yeah. Um, See, so, I yeah, wouldn't want to be a ho- the horse that he jumped on. Maybe, maybe that was the maybe that was the wrong uh, example to use in, in Andre the Giant. Um, I, I do want to go to one of the final questions that you had, Vinny, in your uh, mailbag, and I think it was a good one from Anthony Shulo. Um, based on what we've seen so far, what are the top three things that you would do with this team in the off season? Uh, number one, I think that we would all have uh, is power outage. Uh, so let's let's talk about that. Uh, how would you address the power outage for the Sox? in any way that you need to. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, seriously, I think, I think that has been such a problem. If you had to pick, listen, there's a lot of reasons the White Sox have failed to live up to the expectations that they had for them. Number one, along with bad injury luck is probably that they have not hit home runs. And that is something you have to fix immediately. They need to know, is it because they're receiving the wrong messages? Is it because they're not listening to the right messages? Is it because they just don't have the right players to hit enough home runs? And if the answer to all those questions is yes, you need to change all three of those things. I mean, it, it is just this is the number one issue for them. They need to figure it out. If that means a tough decision like, you know, uh, uh, going out and making a coaching change or going out and adding a high priced free agent or going out and maybe having to move uh, or make a tough decision on one of these core players that you have just to free up space, be it financial space or roster space to bring in 
some pop because that is been just such a problem for this team this year. And I think the reason that it is going to be so challenging to address is that I think we'd all agree they've got guys on the team that should be able to hit for power. And so, you know, I think you could reasonably say, well, this same lineup given in a regular year under optimal circumstances is that home run hitting lineup. We, we have faith in that. A lot of people would be very upset if that were the case. And you do run the risk of, of, of repeating this, which is the number one thing you can't do is have this be a repeat uh, situation next year as, as to what happened this year. But yeah, power has got to be the number one priority for Rick Hahn this offseason in any way you know, that it needs to be done. That doesn't necessarily just mean go to the top of the free free agent list, sort by home runs and sign that guy. Maybe it is, but it doesn't mean that it's only that. And they need to take every avenue to try and fix this. I think you have to have the conversation of, Jerry, I got to have freedom. If you're Rick Hahn, you got to have freedom to make the moves that you need to make. And I need the manager to be underneath me. So you either replace Tony LaRusso or you give me the autonomy to to tell him what to do and he has to do it or I can fire him type of thing. Because this situation they have right now is it can't sustain where the general manager can't do things because the manager has more power than he is. And I don't necessarily 100 percent know that's a, to the to the nth truth, but I know that manager was hired without the general manager's stamp of approval. So. I need this general manager and their manager to be on the same accord on the same page. And then after that, yeah, go get some more power on this team. Let Rick Hahn do his things. If you give him the team and you give him the ability to rebuild the team like you did in 2016, let him finish it off. Let him do his job. Now, does Rick Hahn deserve to come back necessarily? I think, you know, if they let Rick Hahn go in this offseason, I would not say that was a mistake. I would say maybe it's time for him to go. But if they're going to keep him, let him do his job. Because we know when given his own devices, he's all right doing his job. I'm not saying he's great because, you know, he's only won, what, two postseasons in, what, 11 or nine years. Most of that was rebuilding. But... I would give the man a chance to do the job that he was paid for instead of usurping his power with a guy that maybe the, the game's passed him by. So either let t- Tony walk or have Rick have more power than Tony. If he's an RIGM, though, I mean, wouldn't an RIGM build a 500 team? I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Rick needs to stay. I, I would love for them to hire somebody from like the Astros. That's what Baltimore did. Baltimore looks a hell of a lot better uh, than they have. And that's just because they added a couple new faces uh, to their organization. So I think signing free agents with a focus on power would be a good addition. Like Vinny's saying, I think Herb uh, restructuring of the organization would, would be a, a good way to, to phrase that. Cause I also think that we could add um, them adding more people to their analytics department and yep. helping that department out just because it is the, they have the lowest uh, staffed uh, analytics department in major league baseball. So I'd like to see that improved. Um, I think that people would love to say, you know, if you're reorganizing how the uh, front office talks to the coaching staff, maybe fix the coaching staff as well. So we can just kind of put all of that uh, into your thing. I think the third and final thing 
uh, that I would like to see is, is changes with the injuries. I think that, you know, you talked about it in your mailbag, Vinny, with, with the Luis Robert stuff, like fans wondering when he's going to play. We see him getting subbed in as a pinch runner, but he can't pitch hit. We see Aloy Jimenez not be able to play, but he's able to pinch hit. Um, we see Leary Garcia have one rehab game, and then he's up, but we see Yon Moncada fight through two innings in Baltimore, but apparently his injury was too much to deal with and he has to go on the IL. So I would love to see the White Sox just handle injuries differently. Um, I, I do feel like they are very hesitant to put guys on the injured list when possibly necessary. And I think that they are honestly, we've talked about this a little bit. They are also too early, you know, quick to pull guys off of the injured list as well. Um, basically do having them do their rehab, um, while they're at the MLB level. So I would love to see the White Sox let guys take their time uh, when coming back from injuries and also just act quicker uh, when it comes to injuries. A guy like Luis Robert who can't swing a bat like this, he might need 10 days and just make that decision now because if you are going to pinch run him and he's not going to be able to hit in 10 days, well, then you just wasted uh, a day where he could have been resting and, and here sooner and helping out your team sooner. Because if we think the White Sox will be in it until the end of this year, it doesn't matter if Luis Robert's going to take 10 days off. If you're going to have a great Luis Robert for the, the last 25 games or whatever that may be. So I would just love to see those three changes, the White Sox going out and adding. That's all you'd love to see is just yeah, a, a, you just, just like a, to see an entirely different, different organization. Organiz right. Yeah. Yeah. Sell the team. <laughs> <laughs> basically right. um, they're no, I'm, sure they'll, I'm sure they'll get right on that Sean. they're lowly i mean hey we, we are asked and answered we gave a thorough answer that was a top three uh well i mean what was too much i think it's a little ridiculous to think that the entire organization is going to be fired this year <laughs> i said one guy i said how far the hitting coach I didn't say anything about that. You said they should change the, they need to change the entire front office and the entire coaching, coaching staff, staff and then br bring in a bunch of, well, no, I said, and then also change all the training staff. My bad. Who's I said, left? I you're said, very happy with the marketing department. I, I, I am very happy with the marketing department. Christina Riley is the best. I was building off of Herb's point by saying reorganize, reorganize the organization the way that uh, Rick Hahn and them are, are, are leveled. I was just saying, Herb was saying an all right GM would build an all right team. They're 500. That's all I was saying. If Rick Hahn's the GM next year, that's, I'm, I'm probably expecting that if Tony LaRusso is the manager next year, I'm expecting that. Um, I was just saying fire the hitting coach. Um, I think also hire people is one thing that I said as well. Hire more people in the analytics department. Um, hire somebody from the Astros as well. Yeah. You wanted a job giver. Yeah. You wanted all the job makers. Yeah. Yeah. You want a brand new organization really is what you want. That's what yeah. you're asking for. And I Maybe was, making, this is a real ship of Theseus situation. If you replace all the parts, is this still the Chicago White Sox? Who knows? Maybe I'm they're the, over my head over there. Maybe they're the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> but I was speaking to the reality of that. I think that Rick Hahn's coming back. I think that Tony LaRusso is coming back. So I will go there with those two being back and then, you know, having that situation being sussed out. But yeah, if I was the G, I was the owner or whatever this club, I would not have either of those two guys back or Kenny Williams. But that's Mercy. a, that's a pipe dream. All right. Well, we'll, we'll continue our pipe dreams and hopefully we'll have more baseball uh, to, to, you know, base our pipe dreams off of. Uh, it, they still got to play uh, the rest of the 162. Uh, and we'll be covering that tomorrow as the White Sox take on the Royals. It is Lucas Giolito versus Brady Singer on Tuesday at 710. On Wednesday at 710, it's Lance Lynn versus Chris Bubich. And on Thursday, September 1st, we already end September uh, at 110. Johnny Cueto will face TBD. Uh, who is my favorite pitcher. So we will join you at 6.30 tomorrow for the CHGO White Sox pregame show. Vinny Duber will be out at the park. 
chatting it up with Tony and the players after tomorrow's game. And they'll be joining us on the live post game show. Thank you to Vinny for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber and make sure to become a member at allchgo.com to check out his very in-depth mailbag where he answered your questions from the discord uh, chat and also answered some questions from Twitter. Make sure to follow Herb Lawrence. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. And make sure to follow me, Sean Anderson, on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow for White Sox versus Royals. Goodbye.